Come on, how are you doing this morning? So good to see you guys. So good to see all of you. Hey, today is the 40th day of our 40-day fast. How many of you entered in with that, entered into that with us? That was an awesome time. Uh, I have to tell you that as I sent the last email last night, right? Because we've been doing the, I've been doing these emails, and I sent out the last email last night for the 40th day of the 40-day fast, and there was this right, completion of what had happened, right, this completion of the 40 days. I know that we're fasting today. We're actually going to break our fast at dinner time. Um, but I know that the, today's the day. But last night was a milestone because I, I had written the 40th day, and I, I sent the email, and I sat there, and I, and I took this sigh of relief. And then the, just this overwhelming presence of God hit me in that moment just because I sent the last email. Come on. There are things going on. There are things being changed and shaken and shifted in the spiritual realm, whether we see it or not. Things are happening. Things are changing. Things are shifting. And we are coming to a place where the Spirit of God has preeminence once again, where the Spirit of God is in charge once again, where the authority of Jesus Christ reigns upon the earth, where King Jesus is lifted high, where his glory has its way. Come on. Come on. Things are shifting. Things are changing. Things are shifting and things are changing. Look with your spiritual eyes and listen with your spiritual ears to what is going on in this day and in this hour. And you will be amazed at what you see. You will be amazed at what you see. But we have to look with spiritual eyes. If we look with our natural eyes, we won't understand what, what, we, what we're seeing. Yeah. We're going to see some confusion. We're going to see some disorganization. But if we're watching in the spirit, we'll see it's Jesus reascending to the, to the place of authority over, I believe, this region specifically. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Elizabeth, what is a crumpet? They're here every year. I've never had one. <laughs> I don't know what a crumpet is, guys. But I guess if you come on the 23rd, you'll get one. So if we've had them in years past, I've missed them. But praise the Lord. I've signed up for the cleanup day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, <laughs> come on. Uh, we're family here, guys. We love one another. Hey, Easter's coming. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. It's here. It's at the door. Get excited. Get excited. It's time to get back to life this Easter, guys. It's time to get back to life this Easter. Jesus, on Easter, rose from the dead. He came back to life. The resurrection power of Jesus, the power that brought Jesus back to life, this resurrection power, this back-to-life power, if we were to use the name, if we were to define the term resurrection, it's back to life, back to life. This back-to-life power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells on the inside of you. It's time to get back to life this Easter. We need to cast off the restraints. We need to cast off the things that are holding us back. We need to cast off fear that holds us back from living the life that Jesus called us to live, that Jesus destined for us to live, that Jesus won at the cross. He won it at the cross. Why? Don't live defeated. It's time to come back to life. It's time to begin to live victorious. 
It's time to begin to walk in victory with every step we take. Oh, baby. Oh, when, when God sent Joshua, when God sent Joshua over the Jordan and into the promised land, he said, every place you set your foot, it's yours. Every place you set your foot, it's yours. Take authority over every place you set your foot. So no matter where you go, no matter what you find yourself doing, no matter the circumstance, whether it's work, at home, in the market, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Take that authority now in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm a little excited. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. It's here. Hey, we sent out 5,000 mailers, so um, if you live in the neighborhood around here, maybe you got one. Also, there's invite cards. Easter is the biggest holiday in our lives, guys. Right? Christmas is wonderful, and we spend all month, a whole, I don't know, two, three months celebrating, buying gifts, hanging lights, putting up the tree, all that stuff. Easter is a bigger deal. There have been many prophets that have been born throughout the ages, but only one has risen from the dead to walk the earth again, and that happened on Easter. Come on. <laughs> you know, the cross is a... Is a, is a uh, religious symbol that actually only gained preeminence around the 1600s, 1700s, right? So it's actually a pretty modern thing that this is a symbol of Christianity. Before that, it was the fish. But really, if we're to celebrate Jesus, if we were to have a symbol of what it means, I want an empty tomb. Stop with the gold chain and the cross. Put an empty tomb on my chest. Because there's been all of this stuff. It's just, a, it's just an instrument of death. It's an electric chair. That's not what we celebrate. We celebrate the fact that he rose from the dead. Muhammad died. He, you can go see his body. All of these other people, uh, Muhammad, uh, Buddha, all these people, you can go and find their corpses. You can see their graves. Their bodies and their bones are still in the ground, but not Jesus. You can go and see his tomb, but there's no one there. There's not a bone there. He rose from the dead. He came back to life so that you and I can live in victory right here, right now. Oh, baby. Come on. All right. Hey, it's Palm Sunday. I want to celebrate King Jesus today. We came, we laid these palms down, and I want to read to you the scripture um, out of Matthew. All four Gospels have this account of Jesus entering into Jerusalem says that he stopped at Bethany and sent his disciples ahead to go and get the donkey, and they brought it out. This, this going in, and they laid down the palms. I want to read to you that account, and we're going to talk through it, and then we're going to pray. Matthew 21, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem, and they came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, 
a colt, a foal, the foal of a donkey. And so this prophecy comes to us out of Zechariah. And I am completely convinced, I am completely convinced that Jesus, knowing the scriptures, fulfilled every single prophecy there was to fulfill in the Old Testament. And I stand convinced today that if Hollywood, with all of its money and all of its resources, sought to do the same and fulfill all of the prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill throughout the Old Testament, that it couldn't be done. It couldn't be done, even knowing what they are. He fulfilled them all, every one. He didn't leave one of them undone. And so he comes, and he comes in riding on a donkey. And it says, so the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and they laid their clothes on on them, on the donkey and on the colt. And they set Jesus on the donkey. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. And others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And so here we have the picture. Get, get a picture of this. He's on the Mount of Olives. There's a valley that lays between. It's the Valley of the Kings. And it, it's this valley. And so he's got to ride the donkey down the valley. And then he's got to ride the, the donkey up the streets and into Jerusalem. And then down the streets of Jerusalem. And as he goes in, they take off their coats. And they lay them on the ground so that even the donkey that Jesus is riding on doesn't have to walk down the dirty street. So that even the donkey, even the colt that Jesus is riding on doesn't have to walk down the dirty street. Because the the streets are dirty, guys. The streets were dirty. The streets were dusty. And they wanted to make way for the king. They wanted to roll out the red carpet. This is something that would be very common in their day. Today, when the president is inaugurated, we have, you know, certain things that go on, and he gives a speech, and whatever else happens. This was, this was the way that they made kings kings back in that day. A little bit of history. This is the way that they made Judas Maccabee king 100 years earlier, 130 years earlier. See, what happened was Greece conquered the known world. They conquered Jerusalem as well. They conquered Israel. Alexander the Great conquered the entire known world. He ruled for 10 years. Then he died. And when Alexander the Great died, the kingdom of Greece fell into um, one person didn't take over in his place. It actually fell to all of the people who were under governors, so to speak. And so you had one person reigning here and one person reigning there and another person reigning here and another person reigning there. And so they, they, in a short time, they began to fight with one another. And so they fought with one another all, all around Jerusalem. And then what happened was the Maccabees rose up, right? This family, they're called the Maccabees. They rose up and they said, we're taking back Jerusalem. We're taking back Israel for the Israelites, It was a nationalistic movement to restore Israel to the Israelites for the first time, guys, since the Babylonian captivity. And they did. They reconquered the city. And when Judas Maccabee came in, they did the same thing. They laid their coats on the ground. They laid their palms on the ground. And they said, here is our king. He's the king. He fought in the battle. He won the war. He's our king. And so fast forward 130 years, here comes Jesus riding into town. He's fought no war. The Romans are still here. The Pharisees are still 
giving people trouble, but they're saying, Jesus is our king. Jesus is our king. They're recognizing that there is some kind of a kingdom going on here that's not just a natural kingdom. As much as uh, the disciples and all of the people continue to look for someone to deceit the Romans and to kick them out of town, they do realize that Jesus is bringing a supernatural kingdom, a kingdom that is not of this world. He's bringing something different. When he speaks, he has authority that no one else has. When he moves, there are things that happen that don't happen any other way. When Jesus shows up, carpal tunnel syndromes are healed. When Jesus shows up, kidneys are healed. When Jesus shows up, uh, thyroids are healed. All kinds of things. It's a kingdom that we can't explain. It's a kingdom that we don't know. But the king is on the throne. The king is on the throne. And so they realize this. They're laying their clothes on the ground. They're laying the palm trees on the ground so that they can. So Jesus, they're rolling out the red carpet. Jesus, you are our king. Jesus, you are our king. They are making him king. This is the people's movement. Palm Sunday is the people's movement. It's the people who are declaring that Jesus are king. The Pharisees wouldn't recognize him. The Roman authorities wouldn't recognize him. All of the people that should have known and should have said, yes, this is the Messiah, they weren't saying it. The people said it. They said, he's Messiah. He is our king. He is our king. Here's the palms. You're our king. Verse 9, then the multitudes went before, and those who followed cried out. They cried out. They start, they start singing praise to God. They start crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when they had come into Jerusalem, all of the city was moved, saying, who is this? And so the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. They're saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna is literally translated, please save us. Please save us. We can also be traded, it can also be translated, save us now. And it can also be translated, thank you for saving us. Thank you for saving us, son of David. Thank you for saving us, Messiah. Thank you for saving us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thank you for saving us to God in the highest. And so they're, they're, they're starting to shout. They're starting to celebrate that he hasn't saved them yet. And they're celebrating. They're prophesying of what he's to do. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus comes, and he is king. And he's king over a kingdom that's not a natural kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. When he's questioned by Pilate, I think we'll get there. I think that verse is coming up. When he's questioned by Pilate, he's, Pilate he says, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Are you a king? Yes, I am. But my kingdom is not from here. And so we see this exuberant celebration, exuberant celebration. The whole city was moved. The whole city. It got out on Twitter. It got out on Facebook. The whole city knew what was going on. They said, hey, who is this? What is this? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. He's from Nazareth. 
But we have to remember, we have to remember that the same people who stood here today shouting, Hosanna, 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 glory to God in the highest. Five days later, same people, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. What changed? What changed? And here's the more important question is, how do we stay on track? How do we stay on track? I want to be one who continually says, Hosanna. I want to be one who continually says, praise God. I want to be one who never, ever, ever, ever stops praising God. Praising God in every situation, in, in every circumstance. When, when pressure comes at work, when pressure comes at family, when pressure comes wherever it comes from, I don't want to be one that denies Jesus, but I want to be one that gives him all the more glory. All the more glory. All the more glory. Because that's the way we continue to say, Hosanna, glory to God. Hosanna, glory to God. And this is what we need to do. We need to continually train ourselves to always say, Hosanna, glory to God. We worship you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. How do we stay on track? How do we not get swept up into the things of this world that distract us? How do, we not get dis- how do we not get sidetracked? How many of us can honestly say over the past two years, you haven't been sidetracked by things that have happened? You haven't been distracted from the presence of God by different things that have happened? It's been a difficult two years. I'll give you that. That's fair. The way I read my Bible, guys, there's more difficult times ahead. It's just going to happen. There's going to be difficult times, but the glorious thing is that God gives us, God gives us strength for the day. He gives us grace for the moment. He gives us the ability to consider it pure joy when we come into various trials. He gives us that strength. How do you know that someone's mature? When they start laughing at things going wrong. They're not crazy. (laughs) They're mature. They've trained their faith to know that James 1, 2, 3, 2 through 4 is true. Consider it pure joy when you come into various trials, for you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must have its full work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when the trial comes, you're like, joy, glory to God. I mean, it could get better, but this is good. In the day of prosperity, rejoice. But in the day of calamity, consider that God has made one as well as the other. How do we not get distracted? How do we stay on track? Number one, give us today our daily bread. This is where it all starts. And I'm not just talking about bread for our stomach. That's fine. Pray this prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. You guys know this. Pastor Stacy taught on it a little while back. Pray it. Of course, it's about provision. You get what you need. There's the, there's the bread that fills our stomach. But even greater, get your daily portion of Jesus. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Say it with me. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. 
Give us the today our daily bread. Get your portion of Jesus every day. You can't go out the door without your cup of coffee. I, we, you thought I was going to say bagel or something, but that's not real. Crumpet. <laughs> Only Elizabeth eats crumpets. We'll figure out what they are later. You can't go out the door without your cup of coffee. Not everybody drinks coffee, but most of us do. I do. <laughs> all right, they're amening that we don't all drink coffee, but they're not amening that Jesus is Lord. Jesus. Love you guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. What does it really say? Listen, this is, here it is. Here's key point number one. How do, we, how do we not fall into the trap of being distracted? How do we not fall into the trap where we... In our words, crucify Jesus. Maintain a current relationship with Jesus. I'm rephrasing this, right? Give us today our daily bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Give me today my portion of Jesus. Today, help me to keep my relationship with Jesus current. How many of you have a deep relationship, right? So I'm married, but not all of us are, but you have a deep relationship. Maybe it's, you know, with your mom, your dad, your, your brother, your cousin, something. You have a deep relationship. Could be husband, wife. My wife and I, we talk all day, every day, several times a day. The conversation never stops. We're always together. We work together, and we're just always together. We're always talking. We're always talking about things happening. What happens if you don't talk to that person for seven days? All of a sudden, you're like, what's going on in their life? What's going on in their life? And then if we're not careful, we can begin to think things that aren't true. We need to continually maintain this current relationship. We need to continually be coming to the presence of God, to the presence of God, to be getting our daily dose of bread of Jesus. The same revelation that I had yesterday is not good at all for today. It was only good yesterday. And so I could spend two or three hours in prayer on Monday and I get the revelation of Jesus, and I go walking through work, and I go walking through life, and I go walking through the market, and things are great, and things are glorious, and I'm praising Jesus, and I'm giving. Somebody, you know, cuts me off in traffic, and I'm just like, bless you. I've got, I've got my daily portion. I'm good. Bless your heart. I'm good. But then Tuesday rolls around and I don't get into the presence of God and somebody cuts me off in traffic and I'm like, what happened? You didn't get your fresh bread. Manna was only good for one day, guys. The manna's only good for one day. The bread is only good for one day. The portion of Jesus that you got this morning, today, that I'm giving you right now, it's only good for today. I'm sorry. Tomorrow you're going to have to go and get your own. Come on. 
It's only good for today. You're going to walk out of here today. You're going to be, bless your heart. If somebody's going to cut you off in traffic, you're going to be, bless you. Right? You're going to be fantastic. You're going to walk through the market. You're going to be... And then tomorrow it's going to be like, same old, same old. What happened? You didn't get Jesus today. You didn't get Jesus. You think you're going to make it through without him? You're not. I don't know how long I've been doing this. 30 years. It'll be 30 years this year that I've been saved. 30 years come May. I'll be, I got saved 30 years ago May. One thing I've learned, I need Jesus every single day. Multiple times a day, very regularly and often. And actually, sometimes I have to go back and get more of him throughout the day. Like, I need some more bread, Jesus. Feed me again, feed me again, feed me again. Feed me again, feed me again, feed me again. I need more of you, less of me. John 6, Jesus gets into this, it's this dissertation where Jesus declares that he is the bread of life. And so I've only put up a couple of scriptures here. You can see it's, it's John 6, 35, and then 53 and 54. The whole paragraph, the whole section here talks about Jesus being the bread of life. But there's a point that I want to get to at the end, so I'm going to cut a lot of this story out. Go back and read it. Maybe this will be your bread for tomorrow. A little key. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus, Jesus wasn't talking about cannibalism, guys. Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is you need to... You need to live your life like I live. You need to get a portion of me every single day or else you're not going to see it through. You're not going to make it to the end. Jesus in John 4, when the disciples return from the village, they come to him and he's been talking with the Samaritan woman at the well. And they say to him, Jesus, here, eat something. And he says, I have food to eat that you don't know of. My, my food is to do the will of God, my Father. This is the will of God. Seek it out every single day. God, what's your will for me today? God, how can I serve you today? Because when, when we're serving God and when we're completing the will of God, that is the food that you need. The world wants to talk about purpose, right? We need purpose. And they're not wrong. They're, they kind of got it right, but they're a little skewed and they're a little off because what they want to do is they, wanna, they want you to find out your purpose and then they want to tie that to your job or tie that to something else or tie that to something else. When in reality, your purpose is far greater than your job. Your purpose is far greater than, than your ministry. Your purpose is far greater than any single thing that you can do. After 30 years, you know, what, um, you know what I think my purpose is? My, my purpose is to be a lover of Christ. It's to be a lover of Christ. My purpose isn't to pastor. My purpose isn't to preach. My purpose isn't to... My purpose is to love God. What a glorious purpose. Ah, I'm free. Listen, I could do the worst job up here today ever, and I'm free because this isn't my purpose. My purpose is to love God. I'm fulfilling my purpose right now because I'm in love with Jesus. I mean, you can probably see it. 
What's your purpose? Don't let the world lie to you and distract you and tell you that it's something that it's not. I am the bread of life. I just messed up my notes. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, he's not talking about cannibalism here, okay, guys? So just hang on. But everybody starts leaving. It says from John 6, 66, from that time, many of his disciples went and walked back with him no more. And then Jesus said to the 12, here's the point. When Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away also? Do you want to leave too? Everyone else is turning away. Many turned away, it says. But Simon Peter answered, thank God for the boldness of Peter. But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom would we go? You alone have the words of life. You alone have the words of eternal life. And also we have come to know and believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Number two, right? Number one is that we need to spend time with Jesus every day. We need to get into his presence. We need to have the daily bread, which is him. Number two is that we need to position ourselves so that we refuse to be offended. This was a very offensive statement. They didn't understand that he wasn't talking about cannibalism. Cannibalism was, is an offense to the Jewish people. He's speaking to Jewish people. He's offending them. Many people depart because of offense. We need to position ourselves, guys, so that we don't take offense because offenses are sure to come. I guarantee you right now, Oh, it's a 100% guarantee, 100%. You can't get a 100% guarantee, but I'm giving you one. There's nothing that's a 100% guarantee, but I'll guarantee you 100%. You decide to walk with Jesus, you're going to be offended. <laughs> there we go. We got some amens on that one. Here's a 100% guarantee. You walk with Jesus, you will be offended. Someone will offend you. Someone's not going to like what you say because the gospel itself is offensive. The name of Jesus Christ is offensive. But we can't shrink back from declaring his name. I won't shrink back from declaring the name of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus. Jesus. Go ahead, say God. Don't say Jesus. Jesus. We have to position ourselves and we have to refuse to be offended because it keeps us in the game. It keeps us coming back to the bread. It keeps us coming back to the source. It keeps us coming back to God. And in due time, we will understand, maybe, or we'll just get peace that passes understanding what the offense was all about or what the misunderstanding was all about. We have to position ourselves and refused to be offended. John 18, 36 through 37, Jesus answered and said, Pilate asked, are you a king then? And Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate answered and said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered and said, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. 
For this reason I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Jesus gave us the truth. Jesus gave us the keys to life. Come back to life. Come back to Jesus. Come back to life through Jesus. Jesus is life. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. This week, guys, you're going to run into some people. I want you to invite them to church. I don't believe that there has ever been. Listen, I want to be very careful here. I'm not exaggerating. I got to get my invite cards. I don't believe that there has ever been a time where there has been so much low-hanging fruit. I don't believe that there has ever been a time where people are so open to coming to church. I don't believe it. I don't believe that in all of my life. I'm 48 years old. I don't believe in 48 years that there has ever been a time where people have been so open to coming to church. These little invite cards make it really simple. Hey, come to church next Sunday. When is it? 10 a.m. Yep, it's on Sunday. In person and online, but we'd really love to have you. I'll save you a seat. Come back to life this Easter. Where is it? 42 Woodward Avenue, Troy, New York. Take this. You can Google it. Just punch that into your Google. It'll take you right there. Come back to life this Easter. I believe that God is doing something supernatural. I believe that we're going to see... Awesome things. I'm going to call the worship team up right now. I want to end today with a song. I want to end today with a song. And here's the thing, guys, is that we make Jesus king over our life. And so there's three points. The first one was daily get your dose of Jesus. The second one is to refuse to be offended. And the third point is this, is that we just need to obey what he tells us to do. The Bible tells us repeatedly over and over and over again that obedience is better than sacrifice. That obedience is better than sacrifice. What does God want you to do? I'll make it real simple for you. God wants you to invite someone to church next Sunday. God wants you to grab someone by the arm and say, hey, listen, come with me. Wrap your arm around them in a lovingly fashion. Say, hey, come to church with me next Sunday. Come to church with me. Come to church with me. Jesus loves you. Come to, come to church and let pastor tell you why. Come to church and find out what happened 2,000 years ago on Easter. Come to church. If the ushers can get ready, we're going to receive the offering this morning. When the buckets go by, drop your engage cards in there too. There's multiple ways to give here at Redeeming Love. You can give online at redeeminglovechurch.org. Just click on the Give tab. If you're on Facebook, you can just click on Learn More. That'll bring you to our giving page. There's checks and envelopes in the seat back. You can give that way too. There's a giving app. There's information over here in the corner in case you aren't unfamiliar with that. That's the easiest way to give. That's the way my wife and I give. Be obedient to the Lord this week. As you go this week, pick up these cards on your way out. If If you don't have them from last week, pick up some cards. And this week, as you go, Be obedient to Jesus to invite someone. Be obedient to Jesus to invite someone. We know that it's God's will. 1 Peter 3.9 tells us it is God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Who's all? Every single person on the planet. 
Is it God's will for that person that you meet, that stranger, for them to come to Jesus? Absolutely, 100%, yes, it's God's will. Will they? I don't know. But if they don't hear it from you and if they don't get an invitation from you, it's up to us. We partner with God to get his will done. And the way we partner with him is real simple sometimes. Easter's the easiest time, guys. People want to go to church. They just don't know where to go. And if, you're, and if you offer and say, hey, come with me, I'll save you a seat. They're going to ask you, the first question they're going to ask you, do it. I guarantee, do it and then tell me if this is what they ask you. They're going to say, what do I wear? This is what they ask. When, in case you haven't invited somebody to church, what do I wear? Jeans and a shirt. We're, we're casual here. I will be wearing jeans next Sunday. Black jeans, but I'll be wearing jeans next Sunday. I wear jeans today. I wear jeans every week. In case anybody hasn't noticed, I've been wearing jeans for how long have I been doing this? I've been wearing jeans. Wear, rarely, maybe three times in at that many times, I've worn something other than jeans. Invite someone to church this Sunday. Easter Sunday. People want to come. So I want to invite you guys. We're going to worship to this last song. As we worship, let's remember the people on the road that day that went down and they cut out their palms and they covered the ground. They took their coats and they laid them on the street so that Jesus didn't have to walk down a dirty, dusty street. And what were they saying? They were making him king over their lives. They were saying, Jesus, I want your presence here with me now and forever. The glorious thing is that Jesus is king, but he's king forever. And he's king over my heart and he's king in my life. And the, the kingdom has no end. It has no end. His rule never expires. There's never going to be a day where Jesus isn't on the throne and ruling over all. So come on. Let's lift our voices right now and let's just proclaim that Jesus is king over our lives. Stand to your feet. Jesus, you're king over our lives. Jesus, you're king over our lives. Jesus,